0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz, and this is episode number 78 of the Outback Mind podcast. Mental health and farmers. Um, There's been been lots of... um, problems experienced uh, with guys in the land for many years, uh, a lot of them unknowingly, um, with regards to, to sort of understanding their mental health and also managing and, and um, doing some work to be able to get back to balance again. And uh, we've lost a lot of guys over the years with uh, with suicide. Um, I know quite a few myself from from Western Victoria that, um, that have taken their lives over the years, mainly due to financial stress and, and all the things that go with uh with farming that can be challenging at times and um you know we bottle things up uh, we don't talk um you know that leads us into a into a dark place sometimes where we think there's no other way out and um today's guest warren davies um it's a tremendous man he's uh, he started a uh, a business called The uh, uh, Sorry the Unbreakable Farmer and uh, he goes around and speaks and, and educates farmers on how to um, manage their mental health better uh, but also to be able to give advice on, on managing their their businesses uh, a little bit more effectively as well so it doesn't really affect them which is great and it's all about prehabilitation rather than rehabilitation so being able to provide preventative measures which can help uh, individuals and I just think that's such a smarter way than being reactive and um, and dealing with the issues as they uh, as they arise. So, Warren has got an awesome story to tell. He had his own issues. Um, he bought land uh, as a young fella um, in Western Victoria and farmed for many years between there and South Australia. So, had lots of responsibility, lots of assets, but also that affected his own mental health. So, we're gonna talk uh, quite a bit about that today. Uh, also, I want to make special mention to our primary partners, Green Nutritionals, who provide green organic superfoods which can supplement our health and that uh, can improve our mental health as well. So if we're missing things in our diet, these supplements can actually help uh, get us back to balance and, and get us uh, working properly physically and mentally. So I really encourage you to check them out, greennutritionals.com.au. Also, Pure Life Sprouted Bakery, who provide organic spattered breads uh, all around Australia, um, awesome stuff, like when our digestion works better, uh, our mental health works better, and if if breads, uh, well, wheats and so forth, spelt, di- uh, sorry, um, activated and sprouted, then they digest a lot better. So I really um, encourage you to check them out and try their breads at purelifebakery.com.au. Alrighty, appreciate you joining in, listening to Warren and I going at it here. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation. Warren Davies, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me along, mate. It's
1: um, a real privilege to um, have the opportunity to speak with you.
0: Uh, really grateful, mate, and uh, I'm so, so happy and uh, I'm grateful that we've connected because I just feel like, yeah, you you are doing something that, uh, that by default you've come to, but also it's so needed to be able to help others out there that are on the land to uh, understand um, that mental health is a real thing, and uh, you know we're always driven by production and getting yields and all those sorts of things. But uh, at the end of the day, we've got to keep ourselves in check, and if we don't, we can sort of fall down a rabbit hole pretty quickly. So, mate, I'm I'm really really uh, happy for you to come along, and I'm I'm sure we're gonna have a great conversation, which will help a lot of guys out there.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely that. Like in that in that agricultural sector, especially, you know. Yeah, your, yeah, your, your, your mental health is probably something that gets put um, on the back burner, particularly around busy times of the year. And and um, you know, I know personally myself that you know that that can be fraught with danger. So mm. you know, putting your, your mental health and well being as a number one priority, and understanding that you're the you know number one asset on your in your business is um really important
0: mm, absolutely we we, we don't recognize that maybe but you've got a really interesting story to to come into farming you're not like the traditional kid that took over from dad and grandpa and so forth what you've sort of come from melbourne and, uh, and by default sort of ended up a farmer yourself
1: yeah it was um you yeah, know probably yeah not not the generational farmer story but um yeah we, i was born and bred in melbourne and 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 grew up um, in the eastern, or well, the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne or, and around the Dandenongs, and um, Dad was a butcher by trade and uh, always probably harboured this dream of becoming a farmer, which eventually soon us moved to the country. But it wasn't until I was about um, 15 when we moved to the country. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really a different experience, and I suppose we'll get into a little bit of that, that story um, as we go along but you know, it was um, a real I, I looked at it as a way of reinventing myself moving to the country and it was a really great experience um, moving um, away from Melbourne mm. uh, but you know uh, eventually down the track um, some of some of the things that the you know the, the demons I suppose that I, I might have been carrying and didn't address um, come and me on the backside later on in life
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that can certainly happen tell me mate um where did you land was it around ballarat somewhere you, you, your dad bought a property and, and you started from there
1: yeah no we, it was in a, a little place called merrigan which is about halfway between um shepherd and the oh ah, yeah so, yep yep and um you know it was a <laughs> an ideal time to start dairy farming it was back in that in the early 80s in probably the, at that stage, the worst drought that the Goulburn Valley had actually <laughs> experienced and, mm-hmm. and I can always remember that day, um, we moved actually on Melbourne Cup Day and um, moved to, and it was the, the windiest bloody day, hot. You know, coming from Melbourne and there was dust in the air, and I can still remember the look on my mum's face as if to say, What the hell, what the hell have you got us, what, what the hell have you got me into here? <laughs> but it was a, uh, yeah, totally different landscape to where we, we'd come from. We were lived in a, uh, in a new estate in, um, in, you know, at the foot of the Dandenongs, and it was now we're out on this farm that's, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, dust blowing around us, and it was totally different, different environment.
0: Yeah, mate, I know Merrigan well, and uh, the good footy club there, or there was. I don't know where they're still going, but uh, uh, that was uh, the heartbeat of that little area, and you weren't far from Kai and Marupna and so forth as well. So it was probably a a good uh, good community to come into.
1: Oh uh, yeah, like, and that was one of the the first things, like, so. So growing up in Melbourne um, mum and dad were small business owners and we always moved around we moved around a fair bit and, and one of the things that I realised and it was some really crucial um, times that um, developed who I've become as as a speaker and a mental health advocate and it was I did a speaker course and part of that that speaker course is about unpacking our story and I probably didn't realise there was a number of things that I eventually realised out of that or some, you know, aha moments of you know, growing up in Melbourne and moving around a fair bit, I was never um really attached to a community or I didn't have a, a community around me because I was always the new kid on the on the block, so to speak. And that's one of the, one of the most important lessons that that I learnt out of that was that, you know, that um your community is so important to you and surrounding your people uh, surrounding yourself with people that can support you is important. Mm. The, other, the other thing that I actually realised that I've probably been struggling with um, mental health challenges from a really early age, like from around the age of seven, I reckon it was, mm. um, you know, just with anxiety and self-esteem issues and, and there were things that I didn't address and as I, I alluded to before that, you know, I didn't address them and eventually later on in life, um, they eventually come and bit me on the backside.
0: Mm, unbelievable. So so, what did it look like for you when you were a young fellow? What was popping up? Uh, uh,
1: look, uh, I suppose uh, one distinct from that exercise, of unpacking our story, is one distinct um, memory that, you know, I always tell people that I talk to, I'm either blessed or cursed. I've got a really good memory.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, um, and, and whether that's a blessing or a curse, I don't know. But this one particular time, and and it's still, and I'm I'm sitting here now talking to you, and it's doing the same thing. The hairs are standing up on the back of my neck. Mm. I was in um grade three, and I was the first day at a new school, and I'm i I'm self proclaimed. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, mm-hmm. and um and maths definitely wasn't my subject. And in grade three, you know, I was fairly intimidated. Um, walking into this new classroom, uh, we'd come from a, a small community in the, da- in the Dandenongs down into Century Gully, which is an eastern suburb of Melbourne. And, um, and all of a sudden I'm at a school where there's a heap of kids and a, um, and a diverse range of kids. Mm. And I, um, the teacher, the first thing the teacher asked me to do once she'd introduced me to the class as basically the new guy was to come up and do a, a math sum on the blackboard out the front of the class. Oh, shit. And, and I can re- distinctly remember the laughter and, you know, you know the, the dumb new kid and the, all oh, that. Yeah. And, and uh, probably at that stage didn't recognise that or acknowledge the effect that that had on me, but when I look back at it from where I am now it did have a major effect on me and that low self-esteem and you know that anxiety probably developed from from those environments yeah. and and I think the main and as will as our as our talk unfolds you know the underlying part of my story is that I never did anything about it I just accepted it as part of normal and didn't reach out and for any support or anything, even particularly from my parents or or friends and mates, and and just internalised it, and eventually um, you know, it each up inside after a while.
0: Yeah, mate, absolutely. Look, school's got a lot to answer for, uh, particularly in our era, with regards to the way we were put in fear early and maybe humiliated like you were, and and the the, the flow and effects that that can actually have on on the individual and you know, you would have felt quite trapped in that emotion for quite a while and then thought that was the norm, as you said, but it's really not. You know, we've got to really nourish young people and be able to help them uh, find out who they really are and not not sort of put them into a comparison mode and a judgment mode and a criticism mode early. And and that's really not the way we're meant to be as humans, you know. So so that anxiety that you've experienced um, was... Something that was put on you. I don't really believe it. it may have been something that's internalized. It's just something that's uh, that um, is is the th- a thought of someone else which has affected you. And I'd really suggest to you when you have those moments of anxiety, just say, "Well, this isn't my thought. You know, this is something that was brought on to me. And um, you know, it's not your thinking. It's someone else's thinking that put you in a, a state where you uh, became anxious, which is you. You know." Uh, part of our, uh, our makeup as humans to protect ourselves.
1: Yeah and but one of the things that I've had like I, I understand that, but one of the things that I've I've learnt particularly over the last probably ten years is that you know you've got to own that and you can't become the victim and I needed I needed to do something about it and that's, and that's probably in a nutshell why I do what I do now is you know, Everyone's got their, you know, is travelling a journey, and, and and we need to take responsibility for that, and, and seek some help if we need the help, and don't you know just you know hide behind whatever it is, and or you know, or just let that eat you up. You need to, if you if you're not feeling you know the way you you think you should, you need to seek help and support around that.
0: Yep, absolutely, mate. Sounds very similar to myself, you know, and. Um, oh, I I remember like um, yeah I was, I was probably uh, grade four when, when you know an episode happened to me uh, at school and that put me in that reaction mode like you had and that really turned me upside down you know I went from this heart-centered kid uh, into this um, kid that was just uh, put into fear and into judgment and, and all that sort of stuff through the curriculum and um, that that had a really major effect on, on my mental well-being I believe and um, I wasn't, uh, I was really fearful to do the things that I love because it wasn't the norm, you know, in, in those country environments and, uh, yeah, I sort of, you know, it took me a long time to actually come out the other side of, of all that, but, um, and to feel open and honest about being, you know, myself rather than what society expected of me, I suppose. So, um, you know, I've sort of come to what I'm doing now through that as well. So it's, you know, a very similar story to yourself. Yeah, and I think that, and one of the biggest lessons
1: I've learned as being a mental health advocate and speaker and travelling around Australia is one of the things that I've well and truly learnt is that my even though when I was going going through my darkest times when we were on the on the farm, uh, my story is definitely not unique, and mm. and I think the way when the way I share my story and I go back into that. You know that childhood part. Um, it's not all about farming and what's the impact that farming had on me, but it was uh, I think the cumulative effect of things that I hadn't dealt with as as we as I travelled along my journey that that had the major impact. So it's amazing that people resonate with certain parts of my story and go, yeah, you know that that's me. <laughs> yes, uh, and um and I think that's a that's the the thing that you know that. If I can do anything, you know, if I can help one person by giving them the the ability or the 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 power to be able to share their story and reach out or reach out and seek some help, then I, that's you know that's what I'm that's my aim and that's my you know my purpose.
0: Yeah, you need to be really proud of yourself, and you know, go back twenty years ago, most of us would have been so fearful of actually opening up and talking about. Um, um you know our experiences and so forth but it's starting to become a lot more um you know common now we've still got a long way to go but uh, certainly being able to to you know be brave enough to talk about what's going on in your life can really transform you and you're not sort of uh being reactive you're being more proactive i suppose
1: yeah and and i think that's you know and sometimes that that's that reactive mode i suppose can Lead you to places where you don't want to be, and um, you know, and those some of those dark places are fairly scary. And 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 that's you know, if I can help someone else navigate their way through that, and not have to get to those the darkest you know places of their life, then that's you know, I've I've achieved what I set out to do. And yeah. well, I'll probably when I say set out to do it originally. I didn't I was a, a, a that's not what I set out to do it was more trying to find out who I was um and what my identity was and what my purpose was going to be for the rest of my life and um kind of just by sharing my stories felt um you know fell into this um mental health advocate role um you know mental health speaker and um yeah that's just evolved from there
0: yeah sounds very, sounds very familiar too um Mate, it's uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Because everything happens for a reason. And I just believe that these things are really meant for us. We've got to go through all the trials and tribulations of life to be able to uh, understand who we are so we can actually help empower others.
1: Yeah, that, um, my wife used to say that, like, yeah, used to say that, you know, the universe only sends you this stuff to the people that can, can handle it. So, mm. um, But, um, you know, that sometimes, you know, that it's easy to say that and and, you know I know i definitely know myself personally that i've got to to places where i didn't handle things really well and could have um handled things a little bit better and and you know as i said reach out and not be so um scared of being vulnerable and reach out for that help and you know understand that it's you know it's not a sign of weakness to uh, ask for support it's um actually you know a sign of power and 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 you know you're taking back your own life.
0: Mm. So in those moments, mate, back then, what did it look like for you?
1: So back when sorry, when back on the farm or yeah, back Yeah, when,
0: I, when you were having challenges as an individual.
1: Yeah, so as I said, like that underlying part of my story of not doing anything and I, I think Um, you know, once we moved to the country everything kind of fell into place like, um, you know, I'd never had a girlfriend and all of a sudden I've got a girlfriend who's now my wife and, (laughs) you know um, I've met lots of people, um, got involved with sport really, you know, and all these things that were little, when you look back at it, are just so small in the whole scheme of life but, you know um, when I got to to Merrigan, played footy for Merrigan and recognised that I could actually play footy and <laughs> and all these things all fell into place. I got a I eventually left school and got a job on a farm and life was going really well. And um, when I was um, 22, I'd where uh, uh, i asked my girlfriend to marry me and all those things. So, I evidence mean, really good and decided that I knew everything. Naively, I suppose I knew everything I needed to know after working on a farm for six years. That I knew everything I needed to know about farming, and I thought I want to go out on my own, Mm. and went um, went out on my own or tried to go out on my own, look for share farming or lease farming or whatever, but opportunistically a couple hundred acres come up for sale next door to my mum and dad's farm. And mm. so we ended up joining, we, we purchased that, and um, <clears throat> it was just bare land and um, joined the farms together and made a family business out of it. And, and I think um, right then and there, you know, I was going... I knew that I was going into business with mum and dad, and you know, family family businesses can be fraught with danger. But I thought our relationship was um, strong enough to deal with that, and knew I, knew I was going into business with the bank because they borrowed me the money to buy the farm.
0: Mm.
1: I really paid little respect to my silent business partner, and her name was Mother Nature, and and <laughs> her effect in my her effect on my business were. Some of the major triggers that um, sent me on a really um, dark spiral with my with my mental health and well being. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you what 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 did it look like? Like honestly, with regards to, to the way you were feeling, and and did you end up um, seeking seeking help, which took you into medication and, and those sorts of things? Uh, that was a long process. So uh, the first
1: time Mother Nature came along, she was was a flood. Mm. Um, and that was my trigger and i and i talk about that trigger as like a like a spiral above my head um it wasn't affecting me day to day but i knew that i wasn't right but at the same time um one of the words that i've also associated with my my growing up um not nothing to do with family as much as external pressures like school and so forth was his, fa- his failure mm. and when the flood came along I was hell-bent on not failing as a farmer
0: mm.
1: so I put to the back burner me as a person and how I was feeling and just was so hell-bent on recovering from that flood and 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 progressing the business and and forgot about how important the, or integral part, or didn't actually acknowledge or realise the integral part that I was to the business. Mm. So once I recovered from that, that spiral was still there, but as I said, it was pushed to the back burner. Um, a couple of years down the track after we recovered from the flood, um, then we had a family breakup on the farm. Um, my vision and mum and dad's vision of the family business kind of went in two different directions. Mm. and. Family being my number one value that had a major effect on me mm. and and that spiral become quicker and and then it, in hindsight looking back um, it had an effect on decision making and and how I was reacting you know with my family and my friendship group and that and I probably I, I probably wasn't a, a nice person to be around and I was getting um, you know probably I was angry with the situation and, you know, all those emotions and, and feelings that are attached with probably not ideal mental health. Mm. Um, but once again, didn't want to fail and, and bought mum and dad out of the farm, took on a, a, a shitload more debt and um, and was under a fair bit of pressure then to succeed because of the direction that I'd taken. And, and probably at that point, you know, even... At that point, the you know reaching out and, and and seeking more help to around those decisions is probably something that I didn't do well enough. Mm. And then another you know we got we set out on a ten-year plan of how we were going to you know move ahead as a as a business, my wife and I, and 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 we we're well and truly kicking goals. We were a couple of years into that ten-year plan, and then the drought. Um, came along in the early 2000s and our plan was robust enough to see us get through the 12 month, first 12 months okay. and then probably halfway into the, the, the second year we were still traveling okay. but um, as a farmer, my job was a farmer and a, and a husband and a dad. I thought my role was to one you know look after my animals, uh, and two, look at, uh, and if I did that, then that would look after my family, and and basically, I was I was the last on the list again. Yeah. And 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 as it got tougher and tougher in that drought to be able to do those things successfully, that's when I really started to spiral out of control, basically, with my mental health. Um, but I, I look at myself, um, like I. Uh, I suppose, like a high-functioning alcoholic, if you like, mm. um, I was able to still function um, on a day-to-day basis, like with my business. But the rest internally, I was just falling apart. Mm. And and the, the, the more I spiraled out uh, down that spiral, the harder it was then to reach out for help. Or I I felt it was too hard because uh, you know I was uh, I was. Struggling with you know shame and guilt because I thought I was failing my family and and so forth and failing myself and failing my my cows and and you know I was just failing again and that, mm. took, that had a major impact on me too I got to a, a place where it was a really a really dark place and I you know felt that there was no way out basically I was I was a total failure and thought that you know, people would be better off without me being around.
0: Mm, so you nearly took your life at that stage?
1: That was well, that was, you know, that was uh, <laughs> the plan at that stage. But luckily for me, um, you know, I, which whatever it is, <laughs> mm. uh, some sort of power around me decided that it wasn't my time. So, yeah. um, which was lucky for me. And I suppose that's what I, you know, my number one aim is that people don't get to that stage and, and they feel that they're in a safe enough environment that they can reach out and know that, you know, there's there's other options and we need to um, make sure that we're reaching out and seeking that support.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. That's really beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful to hear because you've walked the path and some people are starting on that path and you don't want them to get to the end of it and... Um, Certainly, yeah, that, that lived experience is, is so so uh needed uh to be able to get out there and and discuss this with uh with others that um uh you know, the that may be sort of heading down that direction, but you know, trying to divert that direction um before it actually before it actually happens. And um, you know, you and I both know farmers that have that have got to that stage and they're no longer with us and Um, you know, they never had the tools or the awareness, um, to be able to, to, to manage. It was, it was all fear basically about obviously losing everything or, or not being able to expect what, um, um, you know, others needed from them or do what others needed from them. And, um, uh, yeah, life can be really challenging and we sort of, we, we tie ourselves up in knots, uh, without actually like considering what the consequences may be, if there could be a natural disaster or there could be something which uh, goes against us, and uh, I just think uh, as a farmer you've got to be prepared for everything.
1: Yeah, and like, and and like, and people are, are fairly clinical about that. You know, discussions that I have with people, and you know, you've got to expect natural disasters and all that sort of stuff. But the, the impact that it has on you, and you know, and I've talked to the the toughest of toughest farmers from central Queensland and you know after them hearing my story they kind of come up to me and say yeah that's how I felt but you know I was too big and tough or you know people thought of me this way so I couldn't actually say I felt that way kind of thing and um, it really uh, hopefully changes the course of their thinking and and then not only helps them but then by them understanding that it's okay to be vulnerable and um, and feel like this is that they can help the next person and that ripple effect through the community is one of the things that you know you know makes me feel proud about what I do because you know? I'm I'm on this mission and and you know my mission is is about creating education and um and awareness around mental health but the second part of my mission is about inspiring conversations and making sure people are having conversations which leads to the third part of my mission is is about um creating a safe environment that's um you know that empowers people to you know seek help and in a safe environment that's free from stigma
0: yes yeah absolutely um one thing that come to me is you know I, up here I, I run a men's circle and um I have the, uh, the vision to expand this men's circle into other communities so guys can come together and talk openly and honestly about, uh, um, you know, what's going on in their lives, whether that be good or bad, and then have the support of others um, in that safe space to, to do so, um, rather than going to the Kai West Hotel and uh, places like that to, 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 you know, de-stress because the alcohol is one thing. It's, 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 it's a nice vehicle, but also it still suppresses... Um, those emotions, which uh, which can get bottled up sometimes.
1: Yeah. Look, um, I probably uh, obviously because I, I don't have a an issue with alcohol, which is I and I understand that people do. Mm. Um, I wherever the conversation, um, wherever the conversation can be had, is a good place. I feel but obviously alcohol added to that so that can also feel different emotions and, you know, the anger and all that can come out and 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 so forth and so on. I, I'm a, I'm totally aware for, of that, but I love those environments and, you know, I always get asked by organisers of events, you know, how do we structure this, you know, do we have a barbie or, you know, we probably shouldn't have a, a beer because, you know, because, you know, mental health and alcohol don't kind of mix and all that and I'll say, well, yeah, I reckon it does, you know, obviously in moderation and, you know, people keep a, a, a an eye on it, but I've, had a, I've been at an event where, you know, a, a group of people come together and it was right in the middle of the drought and, you know, people were starting to isolate themselves in this community because everyone was doing it really tough. It was in northern New South Wales and they were doing it really tough mm. and, um we, you know, I did my talk, and then there was a bit of a meal, and everyone had grabbed a beer or a wine or whatever. And you looked around the room, and there was these little circles of people, mm. and then those circles got bigger, and and people were talking and having conversations where they, you know, where they hadn't had them probably in the previous six months because they just isolated themselves because everything was so tough. Yep. and all of a sudden they're starting to talk, and then they realise, well shit, I thought I was doing it bad, but Jack down the road or Mary down the road's doing it a hell of a lot tougher than me. And, and mm. sometimes then that instigates you to go and help them and that makes you feel better about yourself and, and, that, and start that snowball chain reaction. So Yeah, yep. yeah. absolutely. So, so, so pubs can be a good place to start that conversation is basically that, the moral for that story. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, that, that's a good point, um, you know, my, my thing that I do, um, like, it's just an environment which which is away from that sort of thing, you know, we can still still go and, and have a beer and, and do those sorts of things as well, but, you know, on, on a Monday night we get together and, okay, right, what's going on, uh, but it's also an opportunity to build capacity, so, you know, talk about a particular topic, whether that be relationships or something where you know, you might be having some, some challenges and being able to feel supported from others so you don't sort of bottle it up and your mental health sort of starts to struggle if you're, um, you know, uh, I suppose, procrastinating on something that, uh, that isn't going to be solved within yourself. Yeah,
1: and, and I think any forum where, um, not particularly just blokes, but people in general and communities can come together and share how they're feeling is a, is a great space.
0: Mm, absolutely that's it mate and and you know you you think back uh for when you were in the grade three and how you were made feel you know that that feeling would have would have kept you uh trapped so you you, um you would bottle things up and you wouldn't feel safe about talking about the way you felt yeah and
1: and the more that you hear that you know the more those conversations that you can have and that you can inspire and and, and people coming together and, and sharing, you know, what they're going through or how they're feeling is, uh, you know, you start to get a feeling. And, and I think that makes the community a little uh, more closer and a bit more resilient because you realise, well, we're all doing this tough, you know, in the middle of the drought, everyone around me um, and in the flood as well, everyone around me was in the same situation, but I felt like it was just me. Mm. And if you ha- if we had a, you know and you know particularly uh, dairy farmers are, are renowned for this they don't like sharing information and stuff because you you know how your cow's milk and oh yeah no they're going really well and you, you know they might if they are or they aren't you don't know you that's just the answer you get people aren't good at connecting and sharing the real stuff you know and, and if i if i had to realize that you know it's not just me that's doing it tough here. Everyone's doing it tough. Like, but then you get into that, that mode where it's all about, you know, you just feel like it's just you and you're the failure. And where, you know, as I said, Mother Nature is my silent business partner. And one of the biggest lessons that I learnt from that part of my journey is that you can only control what you can control. And, you know, trying to control weather is like, you know, I might think I'm good, but I'm not that bloody good. I can't control the weather. It's greater forces than me that do that. So focusing all my energy on trying to control something I had no control over was really um, detrimental to my mental health. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And we do that a lot as men, don't we? It's not probably just the weather, but we're we're putting our awareness on something which we've got no control over. And uh, um, that's why, you know, I I actually... um, I've been doing a meditation practice for for many years, but I, I try and help others with that so they realise that they can let go. And once you you learn to let go, then you realise that those attachments are only going to cause you suffering.
1: Yeah, like and the, the longer you hold on to something, the more um, detrimental the effect that has on you, and you know, and and then the the recovery from coming out of that can be extended by that prolonged, you know. Either stress or depression, or whatever that that you're in, um, or even anxiety. Like if you struggle with anxiety for all of your life, or, you know. Even now, I, I say when I I step in front of an audience, like I might after the first couple of minutes, I get my rhythm and I'm I'm away. Mm. But that first little bit, it's like every you know for me someone who's struggled with anxiety all their life, walking into a room of people that you nobody that you know in a different community, is really, it's really hard. Mm. But um, I say once I stand up, my purpose takes over my anxiety now. That's yes. something that I'm really aware of. And once I know why I'm, you know, I'm up the front and that's what I'm there for, my purpose takes over that anxiety. Even though I might be churning inside, I'm um, thinking all these thoughts flying around in my head, you know, I wonder if they're listening to me or do they think I'm a dick standing <laughs> up here or, uh, yeah. or whatever. The purpose keeps me on track. And, um, and I think that's really one of the, another important lesson that I learned is that you really got to find what your purpose is
0: mm.
1: and, and what your identity is. And one of the things that, you know, one of my failures is that I tied up my whole, whole identity with being a farmer. Yes. And, and when that failed, I had no identity. Yep. And, and that was one of the things, uh, I, I say this in my talk, is that um, not long after, you know, that darkest of dark moments in my life, um, the drought got worse and we ended up having to walk off our farm. Mm. And as we walked out that front gate that day, I symbolically unclipped my identity and hooked it on the front gate and left it with my farm mm. because that's who I thought I, who I, thought I was. And ever since that day, that's been the search of trying to find out or, who am I, what's my identity and what's my purpose. And eventually I fell into this speaking role that I realise now that obviously that's my purpose and that's you know, why, I've been, why I've gone through what I've been through, like you said before, is now to then help other people and that's my purpose from now, yeah, as I move forward
0: so so this is coming from your heart it really is and uh i i i've made I, I, your story sounds so so familiar to, to mine although i wasn't on the land but uh, i was attached to my identity with regards to the role that i was doing i kept trying to high, climb the ladder higher and higher and, and you know obviously that that gave me accolades from people to say oh he's this and he's that and whatever but i i i come become attached to that but what I've learned since is attachment is what causes suffering, you know. And um, we've got to be able to disengage with um with with the, with our roles and be back to, you know, the the pure man or the pure being again, and, and get back to that stage that you were with. before you were sort of putting that um, humiliation as a as a grade three year old. You know, there, there's still there's still war on underneath all this. Um, you know, so to be able to come back to you know the heart is really what it's all about and. I'll have a chat to you uh, off air about maybe helping you out with a meditation that you can do so when you are feeling anxious, you can actually, like, uh, wind back through the gears that you um, you can do this before you walk onto a stage or walk into a group. Um, so you could actually, you know, you don't have to worry about sort of finding your feet before you find your rhythm. You can actually find your rhythm before you work, walk walk out there. And, you know, I had, to, I had to find a list myself through adversity. You know, I got to the stage where I was... Um, Almost suicidal, like you, and um, uh, basically um, that sort of stuff still comes and goes when I when I do feel um, you know incredibly anxious, and I think that's just the default setting, which was triggered you know from an event when I was a, I was a child. And um, if I can learn to sit on my mind and, and actually understand that these emotions you know pass, everything is impermanent. Then all of a sudden you are able to talk more from your heart, and that's that's your real self. Yeah, and I
1: think it's really important to be
0: authentic, and
1: and you know, and it's okay. Like, um, I never profess to be the most polished speaker around the traps or anything like that. But what I say is actually comes from from my heart, and it's authentic and it's real. And and I, and one of the things that I've found is that's what makes you know um, attracts people to me, like and want me to come and speak to their. You know, at their events or whatever, is because it, that's what it is. It's not clinical. It's not I'm um, I'm not going to overload people with stats or anything like that. I've I've got some simple lessons that I've learnt um, and that I can share with you. And I, and and but everything that I talk about is actually authentic and comes comes from my heart and 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 from that purpose of really wanting to to help people navigate their way through their their um you know, the mental well being challenges that they might be facing. Yeah,
0: absolutely well said. And and um yeah, I guess yeah, we we, we can overthink things and, and people that uh the, the the that are doing things from that clinical approach or coming from um, you know, uh an agenda, then that's not coming from from the real self. And people can really pick up on that because we all have this innate ability within us to to open up and if you're opening up then that helps others open up and they get out of the mind and back to you know the heart again which is really the way we're meant to be behaving as humans I think I just we've just we've complicated life so much and uh you know, getting getting um, you know grounded every day. I think is so important in modern times because we have so much distraction and domination. You know now compared to what it was when you maybe started farming. You know all those years ago and uh, before. You know uh, you know the the current generation how farmers did it in the olden days and so forth. There was never the distractions and the um, the options and all these things that we have that uh, that can you know. Uh, get us too caught up in the mind, and we uh, we we do sort of struggle, um, you know, with regards to being out of balance, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, and you know that's all been you know brought to the fore in the last eighteen months, like with COVID and stuff like that. You know, people you know I've noticed a lot of people that I've spoken to are kind of lost their identity because they they believe that this is what they were, and because we haven't been able to do those things they have really struggled to find you know where their spot is and you know but basically it's you've you've got to come back to the basics and understand that you're bigger than all of this that it, um it's you're the you know most important person, and you need to to be able to Talk about how you're feeling, and everyone everyone at the moment, you know, across the world is struggling in one way or another with what's been going on, and have have suffered. um, You know, you know, we might be all like they're saying that you know we might be all facing the same storm, but we're all paddling different boats. So, you know, and having one of the biggest biggest thing that we all got to be aware of is that that ability to be empathetic and understand you know you might not be necessarily going through the same things as the next person but be empathetic and and caring and supportive to the next person whoever that might be yeah
0: absolutely mate and that that's a key message um for 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 everyone out there i suppose at the end of the day is uh, you know just think about what others are going through as well and, and you know, open up to them and uh and certainly ask how are you? Um, you know, and also who are you, get to know who they are, rather than sort of getting back to what you said before about sort of being competitive as a farmer or, you know, worrying about what old mate up the road's doing. Um, you know, have have conversations which can really open you up and then you start to, to get out of the shell and uh, and break free of all the all the all the shackles that uh, that hold us back, mate. So I'm really grateful that we've had this yak, Warren. I'm I'm wondering how can people get hold of you if they want to learn a bit more about what you've um what you've been doing and maybe get you out to their community to speak or read some of the 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 things you've put together.
1: Yeah, so you know on Facebook, um, the Unbreakable Farmer on Facebook, yeah, uh, is one place. My website www.theunbreakablefarmer.com.au, or on Instagram or LinkedIn where we where we hook up um,
0: yeah. you
1: know any any of those social media um, platforms or websites you can you can get a hold of me
0: yeah awesome mate isn't it so we we're so lucky that we've got these uh, these ways of communicating now um, compared to the way we were like we, Uh, we we quite often talk on this podcast how simple life was where we used to write a letter or ring someone up you know (laughs) occasionally but now we've got access to uh to people pretty pretty instantly so it's a a good thing and a bad thing can't be too attached to it but um at the same time we've got to be grateful for the for these options and you know if someone out there is, is struggling i really um really uh would would love them to jump on your side and uh and also connect with you and you know, maybe have a chat about um life in general and uh and you know, there's probably plenty of things that you can do to offer them some support. So really appreciate it, Warren. Yep.
1: No worries, yeah. No, and happy to have a chat with anyone that wants to reach out.
0: Good man, thank you very much. Really, uh, really appreciate uh uh the conversation, mate. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we're gonna have many more in the future. Guys, uh another great podcast there. That was that was a really good chat with Warren. Um I just think uh, he, yeah, with obviously with what he's been through, and lots of key things come from the conversation about attachment and how that attachment can really cause suffering. So if you are a farmer or you are, you know, an accountant or a businessman, you're so much more than that. You know, there's there's, this... There's really that attachment that, uh, that, that, that that our our identity, which is um you know, really detrimental to our to our well-being. Uh, it's at some stages you know we've got to yeah okay be something, but it's not all we are. So um, just be conscious of that, and you know if you are struggling with some mental health, um you know, maybe that identity. Um, if you can just lose that a little bit and come back to feeling yourself again and talk more from the heart, like uh, Warren and I discussed. I think that's uh, that's the way to be able to to come out of uh out of the darkness sometimes and and just get back to feeling you know who you really are again so appreciate uh you listening in i would appreciate you share this with some others it's such a, a good conversation which can help a lot of people if you'd like to reach out with me support outbackmind.com.au website outbackmind.com.au some awesome guests coming on soon so i really um yeah really uh, appreciate you being here listening in and lots of diverse conversations to come cheers